Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? RJ from SBNationsBloggingTheBoys.com. Hope all is wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and I wish I could say that we hope you enjoyed the season opener for the Dallas Cowboys against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, falling in just super depressing fashion 31 to 29 the final score our live stream just now starting if you are watching on youtube if you're watching on facebook come on in gather around the campfire we're gonna have a talk about this the dallas cowboys i think were really impressive in this particular game there's certainly a lot to look at and there are a lot of fingers to point we're gonna get into that um this is um you know, this is tough. So uh, if you're just joining us, welcome. We're going to do this after every single Dallas Cowboys game. We're going to be here to talk, commiserate, celebrate, whatever the case may be. Obviously, a little, you know, tonight we're doing a little bit of all three. Uh, but uh, Christopher Lopez says, SoCal here, what's going on? Um, and Javier says, same old defense. Uh, my computer's making a noise. I don't know what that is. But um, either way, this was uh, this was tough. This is tough to um, to talk about here or to, to, tough to process. Uh, Aaron jumping right ahead says Greg the loser for tonight sure we are going to talk winners we are going to talk losers we are going to talk honorable mentions um, and I, I don't think there's any way of kind of getting around it that tonight a loser for the Dallas Cowboys is Greg Zerline um, let's let's your thoughts I mean your thoughts on Greg Zerline um, uh, let's see here one second this is a, a hectic night obviously um, Greg Zerline just Amber says, I'm so mad right now on Facebook. I'm with you. I get it. This is, you know, and Anthony says, not the same old defense. Uh, Tony says, push off. Definitely a push off there at the end. Cowboys losing because the Buccaneers drive, if you somehow miss the game, um, drive at the very end, kick a game-winning field goal with just about no time remaining. Cowboys defense can't stop them. And the Cowboys defense, I will say, kind of was a little bit of the same old defense. We didn't get, you know, a defense that was just allowing the Bucks going on and on and on and on. But this defense did get four turnovers tonight. But if we examine those turnovers, I think the only real authentic one was the Demarcus Lawrence forced fumble. Demarcus Lawrence is definitely a winner tonight. I think Demarcus Lawrence was awesome. But the first interception the Cowboys had, the Trayvon Diggs one, was a tipped ball off of Leonard Fournette. Yes, that counts. Yes, that's true. Yes, that counts statistically. But, you know, that's not necessarily your defense making a play on the ball. The Cowboys also got an interception on Tom Brady at the end of the first half, throwing a Hail Mary, trying something, you know, before the half. That doesn't really count, although Jordan Lewis certainly had a valiant effort trying to run that back and get some points. Uh, you know, the last turnover, the one that kind of turned the game around a little bit that gave the Cowboys an opportunity there at the very end uh, was just kind of Chris Godwin, you know, running into DeMonte Casey's helmet. So those things aren't necessarily, um, you know, something that you can replicate on a week-by-week basis. And so for that reason, it's hard to give the Cowboys credit for all of those turnovers. It was a different type of performance, not the exact same defense we saw. I think we definitely saw some improvements. I think that Micah Parsons played moderately well. I think that Demarcus Lawrence, has mentioned, played well. Randy Gregory was in on things. Uh, But this was, I mean, man, what a rough game 
for Anthony Brown. And I'm, I'm, I'm double checking here uh, just offhand because this is our live reaction show. And it felt this way. But in case you were wondering, the Dallas Cowboys did not sack Tom Brady once at a single time. And, you know, a sack would have ended the game, obviously, at any point on that final drive. And the Cowboys just could not get home. And so I think if you're putting the blame, if you're trying to assign the blame and say, where does this blame ultimately fall for the Cowboys? Uh, who do I blame? Who do I point my finger at, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I think that it's it's on the pass rush. It's on Greg Zerline and it's on Mike McCarthy. I don't know that I'm necessarily ready to come out and, and roast Mike McCarthy and say that this this was a joke. I mean, let's be very clear here. Depending on where you looked this week, the Dallas Cowboys were seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. Today, certain sports books had the Cowboys as 10 point underdogs. The fact that the Cowboys lost by two points is a testament to the fact that they can go toe to toe with even the reigning world champions. Now, I get where you're coming from because you're going to say, RJ, screw that. I don't want to hear that. I'm sick of, of you know, these, you know, consolation victories i'm sick of this moral victory i'm sick of being able to go toe to toe i want to be able to win i want to be able to beat these top teams i want to be able to dominate these top teams and for the most part offensively the cowboys did dominate the buccaneers and i think that that was something that really um kind of shined through without it totally shining through if that makes sense we do have some highlights here um i thought there's no question. Dak Prescott was marvelous. There are a lot of things for us to be upset about, right? We've talked about them already, but there are a lot of pros to take away from this game, despite the fact that the Cowboys are now 0-1-1 on the season. Dak Prescott, all these people thought his arm had fallen off, his ankle had fallen off. How's he ever going to play again? How's he ever going to throw again? He didn't take any snaps in the preseason. Dak Prescott returned, and really, I mean, from the get-go, you could just tell that it was going to be a big night for Dak. Play from scrimmage. Hangs in the pocket. At wide open, and the catch is made at the 29 by Amari Cooper. So how is that for an immediate answer? Yeah, you say, what are they going to do? Are they going to attack? They did. They came with a slot blitz right off the corner, and Dak very calmly just took it right up the field and saw him, the opening and the coverage with the linebacker inside, placed the ball beautifully. You're looking for an early answer? There you go. Cooper comes off. I mean, right away, first throwback, Dak Prescott, you know, really just kind of letting people know who he is. Dak Prescott finishes this game 42 of 58 for 403 yards, three touchdowns, the one interception, the interception, not even really his fault. We'll get to that, certainly. Um, I, I did not see Dak Prescott throwing 58 times. Amber says Dak for MVP already calling it. Yeah, I, I mean, and Jeremiah brings this up. Let's let's jump to this point here. What happened to running the ball? This was something that the internet freaked out about tonight. Um, nobody really understood why the Cowboys weren't running the ball. Zeke Elliott to finish the night with 11 carries. Dak Prescott carried the ball four times himself. Tony Pollard, three carries. So 14 carries, 14 true carries for running backs in this game. And you know what happened was Vita Vea happened. Vita Vea dominated this game. I think Connor McGovern played really well, all things considered, but Vita Vea dominated. Dominic Sue dominated. The Cowboys were down Zach Martin. So running the ball wasn't going to be the way the Cowboys are going to win this game or stay in this game. As Kendall says on YouTube, there was no reason to run the ball. I mean, the Cowboys were having so much success throwing the ball. And, and that was the way, that was the path, that was the quote-unquote key to victory tonight for the Cowboys. And they rode that. I just did not see that ultimately having uh, or, or being the being what was going to unfold for the Cowboys. Uh, but man alive, I mean, Dak Prescott just... Um, just incredible. And again, the interception, not really Dak's fault. I think a lot of people are going to harp on that. A lot of people are really going to um, kind of poke at this. Let's take a look at the interception, which ultimately really falls on CeeDee Lamb. From the 25-yard line, starting this drive with another pass. Prescott fires into a lot of traffic, and it's picked off at the 50-yard line. Carlton Davis runs it back, 
to the 19-yard line. That comes into the end of the play, but it was Prescott throwing into a ton of traffic at midfield. Yeah, I mean, we all saw. I mean, this was not an easy catch by CD in, in any way, shape, or form. Now, Christopher Lopez says, no, RJ, that throw is a no. I 100% disagree with you, Christopher. I, I don't just disagree. I 1,000% disagree with you. D Dak Prescott's job is to get the ball to his pass catchers, his wide receivers, his tight ends, whatever the case may be. This is a dot. I mean, this is an absolute missile that Dak Prescott has just – he has threaded this needle. In fact, I tweeted right before we saw the other, you know, angles of this that you know Dak was trying to do too much, trying to thread a needle. He did it. He threaded this needle. That's on CD. We're, we all sit here, you know, we hype up CD, and I'm not trying to like turn this into CD's not great or anything like that. But we have talked so much about CD. He had a great rookie year. He's going to be awesome. This is the year I've said several times he's going to establish himself as the alpha on this team. That is a catch that CD won thousand percent has to make cd had a really 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 bad game i think cd lamb was one of the worst performers i think cd lamb was really probably I, I i mean a loser on this night and and c also made up for it cd had some great moments certainly later in the game obviously the final drive for the cowboys offense as they took the lead with the field goal um cd had nice moments but cd was was just had all kinds of drops in this game amari cooper finished the night uh, 13 catches 139 yards two touchdowns i mean People forget how incredible Amari Cooper is. I mean, he really is amazing. And, and the offense really, there's nothing to really be, you know, I think we all thought, man, this offense is probably going to be great. This offense is probably going to be solid, but can they really come back? Can they really just kind of pick back up where they left off, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And they really did. I mean, the offense really carried this team tonight. The defense didn't. I mean, the defense allowed 31 points. And some of that is, you know, on Greg Zerline. In fact, let's let's talk about this because we're we're kind of you know deviating. One of our losers tonight, Greg Zerline, I think the loser. And people will look back on this game, and this will happen especially because the Cowboys now won't play for a long time until next Sunday on the road against the Los Angeles Chargers. And people will look and say, Well, Dak threw the interception. Well, you know, the defense got burned. Well, Anthony Brown got burned. All those things are totally true, and we'll talk about them as well. But the Cowboys lost by two on a night where Greg Zerline missed two field goals and one extra point. And the second field goal, I'll kind of give Zerline a pass on. Alex says, got to cut Zerline and get four bath, didn't miss a kick, come off the couch, bro. I totally agree. Let's take a look at Greg Zerline. This is the, this is literally, I'm not like, this isn't a joke. This isn't like, you know, hyperbolic. This isn't anything like that. This is literally Greg Zerline's first field goal attempt of the season. And Greg Zerline, not just any kicker. This is a dude that John Fossil, Bones Fossil, has stand for, right? Like, and, and I mean, this this dude has ridden for Greg Zerline. This has been Bones's guy since the moment he got to Dallas. That's our guy. And look, I'm not trying to say that the Cowboys had another option, although Kai Forbath did play well down the stretch in 2019, to your point. Didn't miss an extra point, didn't miss a field goal. But John Fossil made it very clear. I want Greg Zerline. His first practice this year after coming off the pup list was five of eight in practice. Obviously not exactly something that instills a lot of confidence, but we thought, hey, this is Bones' guy. We should trust him. This is Greg Zerline's first kick of the regular season. Inside the 20, couldn't jam it in. Zerline, from 31, he's going to miss. I, I just, I, I'm, one more time. Inside the 20, couldn't. Jam it in, Zerline. From 31, he's going to miss. It's not even close. You know, like, it's it's not even close. Like, it's, it's, it's not even close. It's so far away in a literal and metaphoric sense. It is not 
even close. And so this is the guy, John Fossil, that you have said is the guy. Don't worry about him going five of eight in practice. Everything's fine. Trust me. I'm good. Whatever. Blah, blah. John Fossil has done a lot to improve the Cowboys special team since taking over as coordinator last year. That's true. That's objective. I'm not trying to deny that. But this is really it's I don't want to say it's fine, but like it's understandable, right? Like field goal kickers are going to miss field goals. That's going to happen in life. You're going to miss field goals. That's just the way football goes. You're going to miss field goals. However, you're not going to miss field goals like this. That's really what is frustrating is that this was really, 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 really bad. Now, here's the other thing. Greg Zerline at the end of first half, and I'm curious if you agree with me, if you're watching with us, we have a lot of people with us live here in the aftermath. This is our post-game show. Welcome to Blog and the Boys. We do this after every single Dallas Cowboys game. Um, but the field goal attempt at the end of the first half is inexcusable to me. And for that, John Fossil's a loser. I'm sorry. I like John Fossil's a nice guy, got a vasectomy, whatever. But the decision to kick that field goal at the end of the first half, that 60-yard field goal, for a kicker who at that point in time had already missed a field goal, a 31-yard field goal. So now you're literally asking him to kick a field goal that is twice as far and had already missed an extra point. I mean, that was really – it was it was extremely arrogant, and it was actually stupid uh, of the Cowboys. And I don't like to use that word. I don't want to name call. I don't want to say that this is an easy decision. I don't want to act like we can make this decision easier or anything like that. Austin says, absolutely dumb. I mean, this this was a categorically – irresponsible decision. Amber says it was stupid. Um, Pedro, uh, I've lost Pedro's comment, says that 60-yarder was an idiot decision. It was, and it didn't come back to burn the Cowboys because the Buccaneers were not able to ultimately go get points there at the end of the first half, but they could have. That's what happens when you attempt a 60-yard field goal. When you attempt a 60-yard field goal, if you miss it, you're giving your opponent incredible field position, and at that point in time, you're giving your opponent, who is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Anthony Brown, or Antonio Brown on their team, an opportunity against Anthony Brown. At that point in time, we had already fully learned, fully determined, fully understood that Antonio Brown was going to destroy Anthony Brown each and every single time. Now, Trevor says here, uh, the 60-yard field goal didn't cost us anything. I disagree with this. It's it's not about the actuality. It's about the principle of the matter because the Cowboys wound up losing this game by two. What if Tampa had missed that last field goal there, all right? And Tampa had gotten a field goal at the end of the first half. Then you still lose. You lose by one. I mean, that, or you still lose by two. Sorry, I can't do math right now. It was an incredible risk for no reason. There was nothing to gain there in that particular moment. That that risk is worth it if your kicker is trustworthy, if your kicker is somebody who has been someone that you can rely on. But at this particular moment in time that they attempted the 60-yard field goal, it was incredibly irresponsible. It was actually reckless. And it was, it, I mean, it was just unbelievable to see Mike McCarthy and John Fossil greenlight this. I mean, it was it's frustrating to see them not really ultimately be able to make the right decision in that moment. Um, let's see here. Let's talk about him. You guys want to, Alex says Brown needs to get cut and replaced by a rookie with speed. Uh, you can train skill and not speed. Look, uh, <laughs> Jose says who can replace Anthony Brown at this point in time? Yeah, man. I mean, Anthony Brown was rough. Um, I don't know what to say about this. And, I, it's hard to blame the Cowboys. I tweeted during the game uh, that the Cowboys sure could use Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn. I know. I realized that they were gone when the Cowboys were on the clock at 10 overall. This defense, and, and so it's not the Cowboys' fault that, you know, the two guys they wanted in the draft were not available when they're on the clock. That's what happens. That's how the draft works. But you know what you do? 
you trade for Stefan Gilmore or you sign Patrick Peterson or you sign, you know, at the time, Richard Sherman. We had a lot of conversations. Again, this was a long time ago before different things happened off the field. But, you know, there were look, there was nobody out there that's going to come in and like completely change the Cowboys defense. Nobody's making that claim. But what the Cowboys did was run this back with Trayvon Diggs, who played really well tonight. Congratulations to him, man. Almost got, you know, that full interception there at the very end. But Trayvon Diggs played really well in this game. And so they were banking on Trayvon Diggs saving them. And then they brought it back. They re-signed Jordan Lewis. And they obviously brought Anthony Brown back last year. And then they were hoping that Kelvin Joseph, who's on injured reserve right now, and Nashawn Wright were going to come in and everything was just going to be awesome. That Maurice Kennedy making some plays in training camp was really going to save them. And that was... That was foolish. I mean, if we're being honest and to be clear, the Cowboys have a finite amount of resources. You can't replace every single player at every single position. You had 10 draft picks that became 11 draft picks, et cetera. But that's why you have to spin in free agency. That's why you have to get creative. That's why you had to go trade for Stefan Gilmore, who is on pup right now, to be fair. So then maybe, you know, if they had done that hypothetically, he knows if he's going to be available to the Cowboys. But ultimately, they rested on their laurels at this particular position. And it came back to bite them in this the very first game of the season. Uh, shout out to Darian Ruiz uh, for the super chat says even Brady knew it was offensive pass interference at the end when have we ever seen him not going for a touchdown and put it in the hands of a kicker get rid of AB the kicker and Lewis look uh at the very end here at the, of the game I know we're talking about Anthony Brown and kind of on this diatribe um I I mean that is a thousand percent offensive pass interference and you know what's funny is a year ago in the season opener it was definitely a thousand percent you know pass interference on Jalen Ramsey on Michael Gallup in Los Angeles and that didn't get called and here in this game, no pass interference. I know Chris Collinsworth is talking and everything like that. That's all. That is offensive. That's a push off. There, that is a push off. There's no need to call it something that it isn't. That is a push off from Chris Godwin. And you know, hey, it's it's just. It's frustrating. It's fresh. But, you know, like what's frustrating about this is everyone who's joining us now. Welcome again. This is our post game show here at Blogging the Boys. What's frustrating is that it shouldn't have come down to that. Um, it, it shouldn't have come down to needing to stop the Bucks at the very end. I think that the, the Cowboys defense played badly, um, but I think that they weirdly I don't want to say did enough, but they they had. They had serviceable stretches, but but this game was this game wasn't just lost by Anthony Brown. It was lost by a collective effort of people involving Anthony Brown, involving Greg Zerline. Again, the Cowboys lost by two after Greg Zerline. I won't count the last the you know field goal at the end of the first half for Greg Zerline, but he missed that thirty-one yarder, his very first one, and then he missed an extra point. I mean, you know, and 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 we're just talking about the field goal that that Greg Zerline missed here. But if he makes that extra point, then in different circumstances later in the game here, maybe you go for two, right? Like, and so maybe that point comes from somewhere else. I mean, you know, the math of it all changes with Greg Zerline making that extra point, and so that's that's the decision that the Cowboys made that is frustrating. That they decided to make their bed with Greg Zerline, and now we all have to lie in it. They decided to make their bed with the secondary with Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis, and now we all have to lie in it. Now, a lot of you have dragged Jordan Lewis in the comments. It was a rough go early on for Jordan Lewis. I do think that he rebounded well. I think that Jordan Lewis is among the better players on the Cowboys secondary. Not that that is a high bar to clear necessarily, but I think that Jordan Lewis played well I or, or he played well down things got better for Jordan Lewis um and so look doomsday says here and this is this is this is a fair point because people are going to bring this up media killed this team for not getting any turnovers last year and now Ochoa is whining about fur turnovers you're a joke here's the joke doomsday one of these turnovers was real if you're if you really believe if you're going to go to bed tonight and tell yourself that the Cowboys got four turnovers you're the one telling the joke 
because the first turnover was 100% real. Respect to Demarcus Lawrence. That's a turnover. Going in there, poking that ball out, and having Randy Gregory fall on it. That is a turnover. What happened with Trayvon Diggs getting the interception, that is just luck. That is the luck of the NFL. And that's a real factor. Luck plays a role in the NFL. Teams get lucky all the time. The Buccaneers got lucky by Chris Godwin not getting called for the OPI. But so that turnover is luck. That's not on the Cowboys defense having skill. That's not on the Cowboys making a break on the ball. That's not on anything like that. The third turnover was Jordan Lewis at the end of the first half. That's a Hail Mary. That's a 50-50 ball by proposition that Tom Brady's just flipping a coin on. That you can't you can't seriously count the Jordan Lewis Hail Mary. And then the Jordan Lewis fumble recovery is, yeah, great. Good job by DeMonte KZ, you know, having his head, you know, in the right place. And Vinny says the fourth turnover was real also. I certainly agree that the DeMonte KZ forced fumble that Jordan Lewis recovered was more real than the Hail Mary. But my point is the, the one that is the most real, the like medium stake on the plate is the DeMarcus Lawrence forced fumble. The second one, the third one, definitely suspect. The fourth and final one has some serious quality to it, but definitely also a little bit, you know, you could poke some holes in it. Uh, Chris Randall says the pass rush was not there tonight. I think DeMarcus Lawrence, play, or DeMarcus Lawrence excuse me, played an incredible game, all things considered. And I am not somebody who harps on sack numbers. I think that's dumb. I think it's silly. I think it's low-hanging fruit. Um, but you've got to get home. I mean, Oso Digizua came out, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus here, but he came out when he met with the media and said, yeah, Tom Brady, he's not that mobile. You know, we're, he's he's you know he's not that mobile. He's just going to stand in the pocket. He's going to do whatever, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. He's going to be in the pocket all night long. You got to get home. You got to get home one time. You got to get home twice. You got to get home, Osa, if you're going to say he's not a mobile quarterback. You got to have a sack on the night. And the Cowboys came close, but they didn't. The Cowboys did not get a single sack. Kevin says on uh, on Facebook, the pass rush was there because or wasn't there because of how quick Brady gets rid of the ball. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Like, that's a factor as well here, but you have to get home. Uh, let's see here. Christopher Lopez says uh, D-Law needs to get sacks, period. Totally. And he's, Christopher Lopez says don't give D-Law a free pass. I, in what universe is this a free pass for Demarcus Lawrence? He is the best defensive player on the team. If you th There are people out there who think Demarcus Lawrence is, is trash or isn't great or whatever. This defensive performance that we saw tonight, which was bad, would be so much worse without Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Jose says Lawrence was doubled most of the time. What happened to Micah playing edge rusher? I mean, agreed. Um, I also thought uh, near the end when Brady threw the ball falling down and Chris Collinsworth freaked out about how, you know, Micah should have picked that. That could have been a pick six. And I don't understand how that was going to be uh, a pick for Micah Parsons. That was tough to understand. But, um, you know. It is what it is. Uh, Patrick McMahon says Michael was lost and Gronk and Brady worked him. I definitely think that Gronk and Brady had their fun with Micah Parsons. And I think that Tom Brady's obviously incredible, as we all know. But I, I think that Micah played he played well, but he did not meet the hype. And that some of that's our fault. I mean, we all allowed ourselves to kind of fall in love with him because of what he was doing in training camp, et cetera. But he looked like a rookie tonight. Uh, I mean, this this was a rough game for the Cowboys defense. And some of that is that they're going up against Tom Brady and the world champs, et cetera. Let's take a look at some of the highlights. Uh, this is the, uh, the first touchdown for Tampa Bay. Rob Gronkowski, again, the Cowboys defense having some trouble. Almost come up with two different defenses. They'll have success in this drive, and that pass is caught by Godwin for the touchdown. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who went a rapid three and out on their opening drive this time go 94 yards nine plays two runs and seven passes to take the lead.
for this guy. When watch the little motion, just again, very casual. But when you're moving slowly up the field, it is so hard as a defensive back to know which way you're going. And little juke to the outside, no help. In- yeah, I mean, I know I said Gronk. It's Chris Godwin. Um, that's just that's just the Bucks being good, right? I mean, and that's. You know, and, and Jose says this, Mike is a rookie going up against 10-year veterans. I mean, Chris Godwin's one of the more under, still, even though the Bucks won the Super Bowl, still one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL, although he had some bad moments tonight himself. Um, I mean, it's it's tough. I agree with Tommy. You can't defend that. That's just, again, that's just the Bucks being awesome. Uh, let's see here. Perfect Q says, you're giving the officials a free pass. How on earth? That was pass interference at the very end. I mean, who who is excusing the officials for what happened at the very end? Uh, that was clearly pass interference on Chris Godwin. Like I said, it was a really, you know, rough game for Chris Godwin. Let's keep focusing on the Cowboys defense because we're masochists and we want to hurt ourselves here. Uh, but uh, so that was the first touchdown to Chris Godwin. This is the one to Rob Gronkowski. Brady, the fake and rolling and throwing, and that'll be caught. And that's Rob Gronkowski. The 101st touchdown of his career, counting postseason 99 from the right arm and right hand. And it's just not going to end well. I mean, it's not going to end well for the Cowboys if, if, I mean, you know, it's not. I mean, and this this Cowboys defense, Randy taking the high road here says, con- uh, congrats. Uh, let's see. I've got the wrong comment. Randy says, congrats on Tampa. Great game. Um, let's see here. Um, where, where else? There's another uh, nice comment here. Um, let's see here. Uh, where was it? Where was it? Uh, Cowboys uh, five rings says, I'm pleased tonight. We were the biggest underdogs in week one, and we were seconds away from winning. We had Tampa beat, and I'm proud of the boys. Totally agree. But right now we're pissed off because this game should have been won. And that's not, you know, moving the goalposts. That's not being greedy. That's not being ridiculous. This game should have been won. The Cowboys got a Herculean performance from their MVP quarterback this particular night, and they lost. I mean, they got an incredible performance from Mari Cooper, and they lost. And that's really frustrating. And they still somehow almost won despite their own errors and their own misjudgment. Uh, wait a minute. Um, let's see here. Um, I saw a comment here, and I don't want to say this unless it's true. I think we might be having a troll. Um, if anybody sees Michael Gallup news, I've, I've got Twitter open as well, but, um, okay. I think we're, I think we're fine here. Um, okay, good. There was that, that comment freaked me out. If you saw it on our YouTube stream, don't worry. It seems like it was just trolling. Uh, but it did give me pause for a particular second. Um, let's see here. Joseph says Dak can't win the big games. This is silly. This is just, I mean, how are you going to blame Dak for losing this game when he was, he was flawless. I mean, he was just about flawless and his defense had not a single shred of pass rush. His defense, you know, had no sense of secondary presence. His kicker missed three total kicks. I mean, the people that are still blaming things on Dak Prescott are, you know, looking for attention, trying to have some fun, um, and, you know, losing any sense of originality at this point. Like, there are other things to troll about. You can be more clever with this. I don't have a problem with you trolling, but be a clever troll. You know what I mean? Like, this is – it's not even low-hanging fruit at this point. You know, you're you're unoriginal. Um, let's, uh, let's keep talking about uh, the Tampa touchdowns. This is – this one's going to be rough. This is Antonio Brown. Yikes. He's so much smarter than what he was then. At the age of 44, Brady steps up, avoids the rush, throws, caught, touchdown, Antonio Brown. Oh. You know, you talk about pocket presence and feeling, obviously, he's got everything. You can feel it coming in from the side, steps up, finds the open spot, bingo. A 
it's not good. That's not good. It's not good, guys. It's not good. Um, Jose says, uh, let's see. Uh, I've lost Jose's comment now. Um, Luther, I think, encompasses us. I'm so angry. I agree with you, Luther. Um, let's see here. I, I'm trying to find Jose's comment. It was about Anthony Brown. Um, it was it was tough uh, here. Let's see here. Where are you, Jose? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, says, you see Anthony Brown needs to get lost. He is lost. He's He's lost on this play, right? There's no... And look, Anthony Brown, let's be honest with ourselves, is a sixth-round pick from five years ago. I, I saw a tweet during this game, you know, because Twitter was not kind to Anthony Brown, as you can imagine. Um, and I saw a tweet that said, hey, look, Anthony Brown's out there against the best wide receiver group in the NFL. He's learning a lot. Dude, the time for learning is so far in the rearview mirror for Anthony Brown. That's like, you know, it's like telling a junior in college, hey, you're still learning. Don't worry. You're, you know, you got a lot of time left. And I know people take that, you know, victory lap and whatnot. But I mean, this, <laughs> we're past the time for learning when it comes to Anthony Brown. He is lost, uh, which is really frustrating. Um, Luther says, will Kelvin replace Brown? Here's the thing. I mean, Kelvin Joseph hasn't looked great either. I know he's hurt right now, but we ha- there's not a lot to be inspired by uh, when it comes to uh, Kelvin Joseph coming back. He's out for at least two more weeks, obviously, uh, you know, being on injured reserve. Um, now, Joseph Cologne, with an interesting point, I'll let you guys decide. Anthony Brown played better than Micah. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I disagree with that. Micah Parsons didn't light the world on fire, but Micah Parsons had nice moments. I mean, played the run well near the end of the game, you know, Obviously had some contentious moments, got beat again. You know, you have to consider the context of the moment of the situation and his standing in the NFL and whatnot. But um, I, I don't know that there's a player that Anthony, I don't think you can say the sentence Anthony Brown played better than, and then like use a real human being's name. Um, I don't think you can say that tonight or, you know, for the foreseeable future. Uh, he was arguably the worst player on the Cowboys tonight. The only one who could challenge him um would would be Greg Zerline, um, ultimately. And that's just, you know, I mean, hey, um, it's tough. Um, so let's see. Uh, Jay Arrowwood says uh, Ryan Gosling could cover better than Anthony Brown. And we all know what a liability Ryan Gosling was. And remember the Titans. Yeah, got benched. But a noble player Ryan Gosling was. You know, took himself out for the good of the team uh, there near the end uh, for PD. But um, it was... It was tough to watch. Uh, uh, let's see here. Sherry says, uh, I think Parsons look good for the first time out. Yeah, like uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at with Micah. Uh, there was a question earlier to, uh, asking about Jalen Smith. I thought Jalen was fine. I thought I thought overall the Cowboys linebackers were fine. Uh, I think the problem defensively that just kept rearing its face over and 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 over again was the fact that they got no pass rush. They got home, you know, not a single time. That Tom Brady had such a quick release, and that this Cowboys secondary couldn't cover anybody. And what's more is the Cowboys still were afforded some benefit. That you know, I wouldn't say benefit of the doubt, but some benefits there. I mean, they got the the tip ball off Leonard Fournette that Trayvon Diggs intercepted. In fact, we've talked about that play a lot. Let's go ahead and show you. Look, I'm not trying to take anything away from Trayvon Diggs. He is technically tied for the lead in interceptions in the NFL right now with Jordan Lewis. But I just I don't consider this a real, real, real uh, turnover personally. Right. The ball's at the 20-yard line. Start this drive here. Off the play fake set up the screen. And it's going to be picked off at the 21-yard line. Trayvon Diggs off the carom. Fournette couldn't handle it. And the Cowboys... Great job. I mean, you know, great, great reaction, great reflexes. 
all that's great, but you know, it's, um, it's tough. Jared Collins says, if you are plus three and lose your defense sucks, Jared is talking about in all caps. Uh, appreciate you, Jared, getting our emotions out. Hey, look, this is what we do. If you got here late, we're going to be here after every single Dallas Cowboys game, just for the group hug. We're going to bring it in. We're blogging the boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content. We live to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and, and that's what we're here doing. We're trying to process this. The Cowboys are obviously 0 one now. Um, the Cowboys defense, Cowboys as a whole, finished plus three in the turnover differential tonight. It is it is rare. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sure a uh, friend of the show, Bobby Belt, has, has tweeted this out, but um, it is rare to be plus three in turnover differential and lose. Uh, Amari Cooper uh, saying right now at the podium, the only thing we know after this game, as coach said, is we ain't going undefeated. Um, that's true. That's, that's true. Um, and... I mean, I don't think any of us are freaking out. Uh, Geta says we played okay and lost by two. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys played well um, and, and and kept up with the reigning world champs, but they should have won. That's why we're pissed. That's why we're bothered. That's why we're upset because we're not reaching to say that they, you know, should have won. It's really fair. You don't you don't have to rewrite a lot of history. You don't have to, you know, Dr. Strange go back in time and adjust a lot of things to say that they should have won. It was there. In a lot of ways, they snatched, you know, defeat from the jaws of victory, and it was because of Greg Zerline and Anthony Brown. Um, now, look, I realize people are going to hate on McCarthy after this. I don't know what, you know, uh, let's see here. Shout out to Joe Brooks for, you know, picking at old wounds. Cowboys were plus four, I think, against the Lions in 2013 and still lost that 2013 Lions game. Uh, the Calvin Johnson, Jeff Heath game. So super fun to remember that. Uh, let's see here. Cowboys five rings says we're pissed because we had the game. Yeah. I mean, that's why we are pissed. It's frustrating. Um, now, let's see here. Aiden Davis, one of our great writers, says, hard to pass rush with a quarterback that has one of the quickest releases in the NFL. Yeah, Tom Brady was great tonight, and there's no, nobody's denying that. It, it's just, you know, you have to find a way. That's, that's the thing because – and I know that sounds arbitrary, and I know that sounds, you know, voidless or, or like I'm screaming into the void. You, saying, you know, that, that's what, – what, what, what does that mean? What, what context is that? You have to find a way. That's – that's why you are who you are, Cowboys. That's why you're the NFL team and we're the fans that are telling you what you have to do. You have to find a way. You you have to. You're telling us that this is the, this is it. You've got a different plan. You're ready to roll. You got to get home once. You got to get home. And overall, you know what? You generated four turnovers. You got to win. You got to win those games because you're not going to generate four turnovers more and more and more and more. Uh, Weston Harris says the red zone play was trash. Kind of. I mean, the offense was awesome and Dak was awesome, but definitely some suspect moments in the red zone and definitely, you know, some some interesting moments, um, you know, not not a lot of action in the run game, obviously, but just, you know, part of that, too, is this is a really good football team, right? Vita Vea was a problem and Damakong Su was a problem. Um, I mean, that's that's part of what this is. And we have to remember that context. But ultimately, it was really frustrating. We haven't really shown a lot of the Cowboys offense. So let's let's rebound here. Let's talk about things we like. Let's talk about some winners here. Uh, this is the first touchdown of the game. CeeDee Lamb, who again had a rough game, but this was a nice moment. Opening quarter. Here comes the blitz. Big throw. Prescott hangs in. Throws caught. That is Lamb. And Lamb is as the field judge looks at it. A touchdown. CD finishing seven catches, 104 yards, and the lone touchdown. Um, but this was all about 
Dak. I mean, this really was about Dak. Uh, let's see here. Tyrone Jones has a few bad throws and drops. Dak did have a bad throw to CD uh, later. They just kind of hung back, but there were a lot of drops and a lot of CD drops in this game. Uh, I think that CD is, is a loser, but we're trying to focus on winners here. Aaron Luna says Dak is a winner. Uh, in fact, let's see here on, let's play this game. And I know, you know, we'll get the trolls, but on a one to 10 scale with 10 being the highest, what is your confidence in Dak Prescott? Because I think that there is this conventional thought, uh, Geta says Dak was perfect. So there's our 10 out of 10. Um, there is this conventional thought that with Dak, no matter what, and I think that was evidenced by tonight, no matter what, with Dak Prescott under center or in, in, in the shotgun as he was most of tonight, the Cowboys have a chance. And I think that that's true. I mean, let's see here. We've got the answers rolling in. We've got a lot of nines. We've got a lot of tens, uh, a lot of eights. Uh, I think that's fair. I mean, I think I, I don't know that I would say this game was a 10, but I would definitely say that my confidence in Dak Prescott uh, is a 10. Uh, let's see here. Mark, thank you for the super chat, says Dak is in the bottom half of red zone score. We lucked out that Tampa had defensive backs out. That had a lot to do with his 400 yards. The D-line still had zero pressure. I agree with you that the red zone offense was not great. And, and no, no, that's why like, I don't think you can say I want to say 10 and my, my confidence in Dak moving forward is a 10. I, I 100% believe in him and, and trust in him to lead this team and lead this offense. But his performance tonight wasn't a 10. I do think his performance tonight was a bit, you know, again, maybe around eight, maybe around nine. I think that Dak, you know, certainly has, has room to go, but if we're playing the game of, you know, did, did he do enough? Did he do his part? I think he certainly did. Um, I know the Cowboys lost. And so this is frustrating, but we do award a star of the game after every Cowboys game. And it's Dak Prescott. I mean, uh, 403 yards, 42 again, threw the ball 58 times, just really difficult to fathom that, uh, three total touchdowns. I mean, just an incredible night for Dak Prescott. And, and that's, I think that's why we're pissed because the Cowboys wasted this. I mean, the, the Cowboys had an elite performance, uh, from their franchise quarterback who they paid, uh, and who got all the stories who was discussed at nauseum, obviously, and everything about him. And they wasted it. You're not going to, that's the thing. This is a franchise that wasted the career of Tony Romo, as we all know. And you're not going to get this performance from Dak Prescott all the time. You have to capitalize on it. Thank you uh, to Dr. Forbin slash Colossus. I like that. Uh, for the Super Chat as well. It says a 10. 10 out of 10. Uh, by the way, nice night for Super Chats. Really appreciate you guys. Um, this has been a, a fun night so far, even though the Cowboys lost. Uh, having some fun here. Uh, let's move on to another winner before we kind of come back to Dak talk. Is If you're new to this, you know, I like to kind of jump around because that's kind of how our brains are right now. We're, we're, we're sad. And then we're pissed and then we're happy. I mean, you know, there are a lot of things to figure out. Uh, my cousin, what's up, cuz? Jeremy Rodriguez says McGovern has to be a winner. Held his own with Martin. Now, this is such a great point and not just because uh, Jeremy is related to me and we share genetic data. Uh, McGovern was remarkable. You know, if you rewind the clock four or five days now at this point in time, we were all panicking, right? I, I know I certainly was. I was really worried about the fact that the Cowboys were going to take on this particular team, this particular pass rush with an offensive line that was, you know, and again, if you rewind five days, we were all really nervous about Lyle Collins. Is he going to play? What's up with the the stinger issue, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And so the fact that McGovern had to come in was a really just kind of rug being pulled out from us. Uh, Tyrone Jones says, yeah, McGovern held it pretty good. Greg Butler says Connor was great. We have spent, I think I speak for a, a lot of us, at least a lot of time bagging on the Cowboys for this pick. Connor McGovern hasn't really, you know, played that well since 2019 when the Cowboys drafted him. We heard this offseason or rather this tra uh, training camp preseason period that there were rumors about the Cowboys potentially trading him away. Uh, Worth, uh, Worth Tech says McGovern is a keeper. Totally agreed. I mean, 
I don't think there's a team in the NFL that feels amazing about their depth along the offensive line, but Connor McGovern, you know, is that's a great data point today. The Cowboys tweeted out their video that they did with Joe Looney, who, by the way, Joe Looney would rather be a content creator for the Dallas Cowboys than be a football player for the New York giants. In case you're wondering how things are going uh, with Joe judge over there, but people have wondered, like just sign Joe Looney, just get him back, just get that depth, just whatever, blah, blah, blah. The Cowboys might have that in Connor McGovern. I mean, they might really have that in Connor McGovern. Um, let's see. Alex Storm says one Connor was great. Uh, definitely wasn't Williams. Connor Williams got run over a little bit. I hesitate to like kill him in this game. Uh, but I mean, Connor Williams had his hands full, but not his best game, but you know, it's, I don't think it was his worst game. I think the entire offensive line played rather well. Ultimately. I know Tyron Smith had the holding penalty. I know Tyler Biotish literally got run over by Vita Vea, but overall the offensive line, I think, you know, we've all kind of been a little bit, you know, teetery about this subject. Are they going to be good? Are they not going to be good? What's going to be the situation there? I think the offensive line held up and gave us a lot of reason to be excited for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, the penalties there weren't that great, uh, but, you know, that is what it is. Let's see here. Let's go back to some highlights, though. Uh, we showed you the C.D. Lamb touchdown. This is the first Amari Cooper touchdown. The short drive, low snap. Now Prescott throws. That's going to be caught. In the end zone by Amari Cooper. Touchdown. So the fumble sets up a short drive at the 27, and in they go in five plays. Most impressive play of the night by Dak Prescott. Here you are. You're under a pressure situation. Drops the snap. Instead of panicking and just throwing it away like a lot of quarterbacks would have done, he picks it up, he finds his guy, and delivers. I agree with Adam. Adam Blank. Amari Cooper is just a baller, plain and simple. I think we forget that. I, I really do. Kevin says Cooper being Coop. We forget that. I mean, it's for whatever reason, we we forget that Amari Cooper is amazing. Um, but man, he is um uh he's incredible. Peter says best route runner. Totally agree. Uh Hendrix 12 says we had this game. Man, I know, I know. It's so frustrating. Um and it, I'm beyond I'm a this is a bit of a tangent. I feel sick, right? I think you feel sick. We're all Dallas Cowboys fans. We are sick. We're going to be, I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo is playing for Manchester United on Saturday morning, and I'm going to be pissed off all weekend long because I'm sick about this. However, I will say, I missed this feeling. I really did. Uh, I missed, I, I, maybe that makes me a psycho. I missed this feeling. I missed the feeling of you know, the Cowboys being in it. I mean, I know the Cowboys were really bad last year, but it's been a while since we had this like hearts fluttering, heart thumping, et cetera, blah, blah. And so that was, you know, really, really, um, really fun to experience. Obviously we all wish that it would have gone a different way. Um, Jonathan says, yeah, I'm a psycho. Look, I, I missed football season. That's really where I'm at here. But um, Amari Cooper's great. Amari Cooper's amazing. I mean, seriously, his second touchdown was, I mean, the guy's just perfect. Prescott. To the end zone, and it's going to be caught. Amari Cooper with a touchdown. Cockrell covering on the play for Cooper. Touchdown number two tonight. Catch number 10. Well, they finally did come back and go against Ross Cockrell here. Here's Amari Cooper, one of the best route runners in the entire National Football League. And honestly, just too much to ask here for Cockrell. Coming in the game. And Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? 
Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now, with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, seriously, like, I, I mean, I don't know how you can be worried about Dak Prescott or anything. I mean, the offense was amazing. Let's see here. Mark, thank you for the super chat. Aloha. Aloha to you. Aloha. Hello. Not aloha. Goodbye. Shout out to uh, Sandra Bullock. Aloha. Do you think the Tampa DB injuries had a lot to do with our yardage? Our defensive line uh, will can't create pressure. Dak is good enough to win, not our defensive line. I think that I, I think that Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And, you know, we 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 had this point brought up already. Uh, Aiden Davis, one of our great writers at bloggingtheboys.com. I mean, he's incredible. They talked about this on the broadcast. He, you know, had the second quickest release in the NFL last year. I mean, he is ama- or the fourth quickest release in the NFL last year, had the uh, second um, A dot. But I mean, that's tough. And and that's, you know, so like that explains some of it, right? That explains, I don't know, 70% of it. But there's another 30% that you control, right? Like, you, you know, it isn't just, well, he's amazing. So like, that's just going to happen, right? There is a percent that you control. And so the fact that the Cowboys defense got skunked tonight in the sack department is frustrating. Um, As far as Tampa's DB injuries, I don't think so. I think the Cowboys receivers are that good. I really think that they are amazing. And I think that they, you know, they showed off tonight. Uh, Thank you to Johnny Heller for the super chat. Uh, I know there's not a question here, but you're the man. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Johnny, again, with the suit. Let's see. We got a couple more here. Alex uh, Pierce Ling says Jason Garrett held Kellen back. Kellen is amazing. We have not brought up the name Kellen Moore. Cowboys offense. Let's see here. Uh, let me pull this up. Uh, Cowboys offense finished with a, a billion yards. Uh, but let's see here. Cowboys offense had 21 passing first downs, four rushing first downs. In case you're like a, a person of the mindset, like we need to run more, blah, blah, blah. Tampa had 22 passing first downs and only one rushing first down. So, um, not exactly a ton of rushing happening over there either. Cowboys nine of 17 on third down. 451 total yards, 13 total drive, 5.9 yards per play. Tampa had 6.7 for what it's worth. Um, I mean, you know, 
it's it's tough. Uh, only once one total sack in this game, uh, which is kind of amazing when you really think about it. But uh, Cowboys finished tonight with eight penalties. Tampa had eleven. Uh, but the red zone is what people have brought up. I agree with you, Alex. That that Kellen was amazing. Kellen was awesome. The pitch play that Tony Pollard happened. The the non pitch was sick. I mean. We saw a lot of Tony Pollard or, or of Kellen Moore tonight really kind of flexing his muscle. The boy wonder. I don't know if everyone agrees with this, but I feel like he looks like Jimmy Neutron. That's um, who Kellen Moore reminds me of. But I mean, I totally agree that, that Jason Garrett held him back. However, a lot of us, if you have been around Cowboys Internet for a long time, really wondered why the Cowboys held on to Kellen Moore, the player, for as long as they did. And Jason Garrett was a big part of that. And so I, I'm not trying to like praise Jason Garrett, but he, he was instrumental in Kellen Moore becoming a part of the organization. So I don't want to like totally trash him, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he definitely held him back. I mean, Jason Garrett preferred Scott Linehan at a certain point over, you know, Kellen Moore, which is difficult to understand. Uh, Johnny, another super chat, three bucks. Appreciate you, Johnny. You are the best. Uh, let's see here. Whoa. Our biggest super chat everywhere, uh, ever, uh, Israel, everybody give a round of applause to Israel. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, says, oh, overall, the Cowboys did great, in my opinion. I agree with this um, in the general sense. Uh, it's the first time they all played together in a live game. RJ, not talking to me. Uh, you need to be more critical and verbal about what the Cowboys do wrong. Don't be shy. I I think I'm being kind of critical. Maybe I'm not. Maybe, uh, maybe that's not what's happening here. But I do think um, – I, I think this was a positive step. I mean, again, depending on, you know, what sports book you looked at over the course of the last week here, um, Todd favor Fayer says Cowboys suck. That's me being more critical Cowboys, but no, um, I, I think they played well. Again, they were seven and a half, eight, nine. This, the spread climbed up to 10 points today. The Cowboys covered. So if you've been on the Cowboys, I advised this decision. If you watched our preview video here on the blog on the boys, YouTube channel, I did advise, you know, taking the Cowboys here. So you're welcome. Maybe that's where all the super chats are coming from here. Uh, but I mean, while this is positive and it's nice, and I, I certainly think the Cowboys are going to beat the chargers. I mean, and I think it's important to remember what the Cowboys have going on after they play the chargers, the Cowboys get to play the Eagles on Monday night football. Somehow, some way we've uh, wound up with some Eagles fans, by the way, here in our stream uh, this particular evening, this particular Thursday night. And I, I know I said somehow, some way, but it's because Eagles fans have no life. Eagles fan Cowboys live rent free in Eagles fans heads. Um, so what it's up Eagles fans. Hope it works out for you. Uh, this year with Jalen Hurts, but you know, you've already kind of ruined your football life for a little while. Uh, but so anyway, um, it it's it, there's positive. There's positivity to take away from this game. There are positive things to look at. I mean, and again, this defense will probably be bad this season. However, the fact that they have Dak Prescott, and I don't know anyone who was actually truly, really with like, you know, full cognitive thought and reason doubting Dak Prescott, but there were a lot of people wondering what's going to happen with Dak Prescott. Is he still going to be great? Is he still going to be awesome? Is he going to be able to come back? Is his arm going to fall off? Whatever. Well, Dak Prescott balled out. And if you have that quarterback who can ball out at any particular moment, who can turn it on at any particular point in time, you are going to be in a lot of games. Todd Fair says Philly will best the Cowboys. Everybody, Todd Fair uh, wants all of us to know that he does not understand football. So thank you, Todd, for joining us. Hope you have a great weekend. Hope you enjoy Cristiano Ronaldo playing for Manchester United uh, this weekend. Um, now let's see here. Uh, we have another Johnny. Oh, Johnny uh, with a super chat. Uh, appreciate you uh, now with a comment. Thanks so much, Johnny. Uh, says Eagles fan, love the NFC's mixtape, love your content. I thought Cedric Wilson stepped up with Gallup hurt. You guys look scary. Hey, Johnny, appreciate you, man. Seriously, this is 
look, there's room for rivalry. There's room for fun. There's room to take some jabs, but we can all come together. Uh, what Johnny's talking about, in case anybody is curious, uh, we have a podcast uh, at Blogging the Boys called the NFC's Mixtape. It's myself and Brandon Lee Gowden, who is the me from our Philadelphia Eagles site, Bleeding Green Nation. Every week, he and I get together for a podcast that you can listen to on both the Blog and the Boys podcast network and the Bleeding Green Nation podcast network. It's a crossover event um, where we talk, obviously, about the NFC East. So I appreciate you stumbling over here, Johnny. By the way, speaking of Michael Gallup, he was on the Blog and the Boys podcast network this week. We had a video with him as well, so you can go watch our interview with him on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. We had DeMarcus Ware on the podcast network, uh, but that was um, just a podcast. But look, enough of the plugs. But I thought Cedric Wilson looked really good. Um, You know, there's a lot of Cowboys fans who obviously believe in him, um, who think he can obviously be a a, star, but a legitimate receiver in the NFL. Finished the night. His box score doesn't look great. Three catches, 24 yards, but had a nice tackle on special teams. Cedric's just somebody who's willing to do all that dirty work. And Michael Gallup did have the scare, the left leg issue late in the game. Cedric Wilson is that ideal number three receiver. He's that ideal guy who can come in and take his place. We saw Cedric Wilson really kind of taking off uh, as last season moved on, obviously before Dak Prescott got hurt. Uh, but so it is definitely nice to know that he is available. It was awesome to see how much the Cowboys utilize their wide receivers, ultimately their top four, uh, which was a product of them not running the ball, which is something that a lot of us like to see. Uh, so great point, Johnny. Really appreciate it. But hope you guys lose to the Falcons uh, this weekend. So, But seriously, thanks for, uh, for taking the time to join. Thanks for the super chat. Um, so I think that when we, let's see, this is an interesting point from Cowboys five rings. I would have loved to see, have seen this game with Zach Martin playing in boss man fat instead of Brown. I don't know. Look, I love Zach Martin. I don't know that. I, I don't know that Zach Martin makes a difference. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, Connor McGovern was that good. Connor McGovern's a winner. I think the five winners from tonight are Dak Prescott, Connor McGovern, Amari Cooper, Kellen Moore, and Demarcus Lawrence. Those are our five winners, right? This, those, that's that's the five winners here. Um, but boss man fat, I mean, Kelvin Joseph hasn't really done much. I mean, he hasn't. And so it, it's I get that there's hype. I get that we want to believe in Kelvin Joseph, but there's not a lot there. There's not a, a big sample size. There's not a lot of data. Um, and so, you know, it's it's hard to know. But right now, I know that a lot of people ultimately uh, would rather, you know, ultimately see um, anybody instead of Anthony Brown. But I mean, that's just the way it goes. Um, let's see here. Sherry says Diggs. I, I think uh, Trayvon Diggs is we, so I'm going to write this. I haven't written any of it yet because our focus is obviously the post game show here at Blog of the Boys. But as soon as this is over, because I don't believe in sleep, I'm going to write my five winners, five losers, and five honorable mentions for bloggingtheboys.com. Trayvon Diggs will definitely be an honorable mention for me. Um, we showed the highlight. We showed the interception. Um, I just, again, all credit in the world to him, but it's a little bit of a fluky interception for me. Uh, so not exactly something I count a lot. Uh, let's see here. Alex, thank you for the super chat says, do you think they looked ready to play? I, th- I like this question. I think they did. I have seen this team play, uh, with this much fire. Um, let's answer this question, everybody. Let's say, uh, because Alex was so generous with the super chat. Do you think the Cowboys are ready to play? Yes or no. That's all I want to hear. Yes or no. Do you think the Cowboys were ready to play in this game? I think so. I, I mean, I think they took, they gave the world champs 
everything they had. I'm a big believer in you're the world champs until you're not the world champs, until somebody knocks you off. And tonight, the Buccaneers looked like the world champs. And look, and everybody's saying yes. Shout out to all of you geniuses on both the YouTube and Facebook live streams. Uh, nobody's even saying no. In fact, Dre says absolutely. Uh, we're leaving the super chat comment up here because you know, if you're a super chatter, you get to be on the screen. That's just the rule here uh, at Blogging the Boys. But everybody's saying yes. Now, Jefferson uh, Carrion says on YouTube, this is a good team. I agree with that. I agree that this is a good team. I think this is a team with warts, though, right? This, this is a team that, that maybe can't help itself. Uh, Erica Kinder says we were so, so close. And that's that's where I, I think I speak for you um, in saying that's where our frustration comes from, because they were there. You had you had it right there. I mean, imagine the crap we all would have talked to our family and friends if they'd pulled this off. You know what I mean? And they were right there. We were we were all imagining it. We were we were getting those texts ready. You know what I mean? We were we were ready to just kind of bang that drum and really rub it in people's faces for not believing because I'm sure you like I do have a lot of people in your life who did not believe in this team in this particular game. They covered they damn near won. It was super impressive. But, um, you know, it just wasn't enough but i ultimately certainly 100 absolutely thousand percent believe that they were prepared i mean they started off really hot i mean they they looked Dak started off his foot on the gas looked amazing looked incredible um and so i don't know how anyone can think that they weren't prepared i think we all believe that it's just a matter of they didn't finish um and that's you know that's what's troubling here uh israel thank you again says rj can't wait till next game day um on key, uh, next day next game day keep on keeping on i truly do appreciate appreciate listening to your input and thoughts Hey, my hat's off to you, Israel, even though I'm not wearing a hat. We do do this after every single Dallas Cowboys game. By the way, tomorrow on Friday, we will have a video here on the channel with just the highlights from the game. If you want to watch them, obviously, there were a lot to celebrate, a lot to talk about, a lot to, you know, kind of, um, you know, point ourselves into a positive direction with. Let's take a look um, here. We haven't played the Jordan Lewis interception. I do want to, you know, get into this because some of you have gotten here late. Um, I think that the Jordan Lewis interception at the end of the first half um, – should not really count. Cowboys all the way back on defense. Here's Brady. He's going to launch one for the end zone into a ton of traffic. And it is going to be picked off by Dallas and then run back. And after the 30-yard line, Jordan Lewis. And he'll finally get taken down in Tampa Bay territory. It's the same thing. All your receivers. It's tough, man. It's tough to rewatch that um, because he's uh, he's close. Now, okay, let's see here. Loving Fighter one two three says I RJ is tripping tonight. Bad takes all around. What are the bad takes here? I mean, seriously, I think the the main takes are the Cowboys played really good tonight. Some of their turnovers are empty calories, so to speak. They're, some of their turnovers are just kind of box score turnovers. Uh, this pass rush was not present. This secondary is really bad. Greg Zerline, look. I'm going to say a lot of you have said it in the comments. Greg Zerline, I I hate to say this about any player. Greg Zerline arguably needs, the the Cowboys arguably need to move on from Greg Zerline. And that is not, I don't think that's an overreaction. I don't think that's freaking out. I don't think that's, you know, being hyperbolic. I think that that is totally, completely fair based on what happened tonight. Greg Zerline, look, we don't know how this season's going to end for the Cowboys. I mean, Dak's going to win MVP, obviously, but I mean, you know, this Cowboys team could win 10 games, could win 11 games. What if they finish one game out of the NFC East? I don't think that happens, but what if they finish one game out of the, of the bye, right? I mean, like if, if we're playing hypotheticals, they lost this game because of Greg Zerline. 
And so it's very fair. I don't, I mean, and I think, you know, we all agree. We don't want to call for someone's job. That's not a cool thing, but it is this, he is hazardous to the team. It's irresponsible for, for him to be on the team right now. He literally costed the Cowboys a football game. Greg Butler in all caps says kicker lost us this game. Yes. Um, MG says, stop blaming Zerline. Why, why are we not blaming Zerline? I mean, you know, the pass rush deserves blame. The secondary deserves blame. Anthony Brown deserves blame. John Fossil deserves blame. Mike McCarthy deserves blame. In fact, if I, you know, or when I write my winners, I don't know why I said it, but when I write my winners and losers, my losers, number one and two are Greg Zerline and Anthony Brown. And then it's John Fossil for employing Greg Zerline and for the decision to kick the field goal at the end of the first half that we already talked about. Then it's Mike McCarthy for overseeing it. And after that, it's probably, I mean, you know, it might be CD Lamb. It's actually, it's definitely CD Lamb. I don't know why I said that. It's definitely CD Lamb. I don't think it's that we have to stop blaming Zerline. He lost the game for the Cowboys. Um, and that's not unfair. That's not ridiculous. That's not a lie. That's not whatever. Um, Alex, thank you for the super chat. Do you think, based on this game, that Dallas is the class of the division? Here's what I'm going to tell you, Alex. I believed that five hours ago. I believed that two days ago. I believed that. A week ago, I believed that a month ago. I do not understand for the life of me why people think the Washington football team is better than the Cowboys. I that is, you know, I've, you know, I, I think I understand some complicated things in life. That is beyond me. I don't get that. I mentioned the NFC's mixtape podcast that we do. My co-host Brandon Lee Gowden, he is super high on the Washington football team. In fact, he is on Twitter at Brandon Gowden. He believes that he would rather have as a pair Ron Rivera and Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. And this idea that, you know, Ron Rivera is a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. I don't know where that came from. I don't know how that, you know, became a thing. Um, I realized that Washington swept Dallas last year, but I think that, you know, both of those games were under inordinate circumstances for the Cowboys, one football related, one incredibly emotionally related. Um, and the Cowboys still ultimately only lost the division by one game, despite being terrible. Um, so I just, you know, do not believe that, you know, Washington is a threat. I don't believe in Philly. I think the Giants are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, Luke Skipper says, sorry, Mike McCarthy's not a loser. He got the team ready. I think it's an interesting idea. I never would have seen Jason Garrett get our team that ready to play the world champs. Hats off to Mike McCarthy, in my opinion. I will agree with you that Mike McCarthy had the team ready. Jason Garrett, and I'm not comparing these two situations, but nine years ago, Jason Garrett did have his team ready to play the world champs. In fact, both Mike McCarthy and Jason Garrett in their second season as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys got put in the NFL's opening game on the road against the defending world champions. Jason Garrett's team beat the New York Giants. Granted, some of that is that the New York Giants have been terrible for a long time, while Mike McCarthy's Cowboys lost to the Buccaneers. Again, granted, the Buccaneers are a really good football team, and the Giants have always sucked. But, um, you know, it, I, I think that McCarthy definitely, maybe not a loser, uh, but McCarthy oversaw the decision to kick the field goal at the end of the first half, which I had a problem with. Um, so that's that. I do want to bring up a point, and maybe maybe you'll think this is irresponsible. Maybe you'll think this is silly. Maybe you'll think I'm reaching like Mr. Fantastic, but this is a new season. This is not the 2020 season anymore. I'm not trying to say that it is, and I don't think that you think it is either. However, the last time that we saw the Buccaneers before tonight, okay, was Super Bowl 55, and in that game, they beat the crap 
out of the team that everybody believes is the best offense in the NFL. And there's no reason to not believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are the best offense in the NFL. They beat the best quarterback in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. They trounced them. The Kansas City Chiefs did not score a single touchdown against this team back in February. Okay. The Dallas Cowboys scored 29 points against this team, dropped 451 total yards, and had a quarterback that threw for 403 yards and three touchdowns against this team. So I'm not trying to say that that's, you know, whatever. Now, Kevin Stone says Casey had no O-line stop. The Cowboys are missing Zach Martin. I mean, like that, that's a relevant thing here. Are they apples to apples? No, but if, if look, we're at the point now where we're, we're looking for positives or we're trying to, you know, figure this out as we go along. And I think that that's an optimistic thing. My point is that the Cowboys played really, really, really well and should have won against the best team in the NFL that handled the best offense in the NFL um, just seven months ago. Uh, let's see here. Um, there's a, another uh, comment here I wanted to get to. Um, let's see here. What was it? It was about turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Um, I've lost it. I've lost this uh, this uh, comment about turnovers, but it was about turnovers. That's all that's important. Oh, here we go. Uh, K. Uh, Rasek, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, says defense had four turnovers. Yeah, they did. And there was a comment a little while ago that said Tampa was sloppy. This this was a sloppy game from the from the Buccaneers and the cow. That's that's what gave the Cowboys some opportunities. It was a sloppy game from the Cowboys. And I think if we're hopeful that you know things will stabilize, that some of the secondary issue will fix itself. That's an exciting thing. Uh, Eric Shane, thank you for the super chat, says Nishan Wright over Anthony Brown. I have no issue with this. Now, I don't think Nishan Wright is amazing right now, um, but we have sometimes we reach this point as football fans where we will say things like, I will take anybody over so-and-so. And sometimes that's unfair or ridiculous or hyperbolic or silly. I don't think that's silly. I, 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 think, I think we've seen enough here. And it's not just we've seen enough in this one particular game, we know who Anthony Brown is. We've seen this. We we understand full well who Anthony Brown is. We don't need another game to learn this. And look, you you know, we all should recall again that this was Tom Brady. This was Mike Evans, who didn't have that great of a game. Chris Godwin, who didn't have that great of a game. This was Antonio Brown. We should remember that Antonio Brown got beat by Antonio, or by, that Anthony Brown got beat by Antonio Brown. That's a tough thing to say. But you know what? Anthony Brown got beat by Antonio Brown his rookie year. All right. We've seen this movie before. All right. We've we've seen this movie before with Anthony Brown. He's been a fine role player for the Cowboys. He's done what's been asked of him. He's done some of the dirty work when other players around him haven't. He is the fact that he's still in the NFL as a sixth round pick five years later is impressive. However, it's you know, we've seen enough. We've seen enough to know and I'm I'm ready to see Nishan right. I'm ready to see somebody else. I'm ready to see the Cowboys get get on with this and and figure something out because this is not going to last. The Cowboys are going to face Justin Herbert next week, and Justin Herbert is probably pumped to face Anthony Brown because you know everybody else would be. Uh, Loving Fighter says turnovers are turnovers, and the defense played the best offensive talent they will face all season. Overreaction is real tonight. I don't think anybody's overreacting. I think, again, we're all saying the Cowboys are a good team. They had a great performance in a vacuum, but they squandered it with some things. But they also had some really fortunate things happen to them. This is the the KZ fumble that Jordan Lewis had. This this is not going to happen. You can't replicate this week after week. Well, Brady, Godwin. Whoa. The ball is loose, and he loses it in the end. 
and Jordan Lewis is going to come back with it to the 12-yard line. So he was trying to get into the end zone, and it cost him. And the Cowboys with a gigantic takeaway. I think we have to remember here that Chris Godwin, right before this fumble, and again, all credit in the world to DeMonte KZ for being there in that moment and, you know, having a, a noggin that helped force this fumble. But Chris Godwin was like two yards from the end zone, right? <laughs> he was like two yards in the end zone. And if he scores, if they score a touchdown, you know, that game's over. And then we're not sitting here talking about how the Cowboys lost by two, right? Tampa was was a moment away, a weird fluky thing away from putting this game out of reach with under five minutes to go. Uh, now, Kevin Stone brings up a question um, that I think is a good one and uh, an astute one. Kevin asks, why not kneel in the end zone? Jordan Lewis does pick that ball up in the end zone. And in case you're somehow unaware, if Jordan Lewis takes one step out of the end zone and then gets tackled in the end zone, that's a safety. And so that's a really dangerous move. And I thought about this in the moment as well, but I ultimately think that Jordan Lewis could maybe didn't realize where he was. That Jordan Lewis might have thought he'd crossed the goal line and thought, oh man, I just got to get out of here because I don't want to get tackled for a safety. I'm willing to forgive that. There's that's a little bit, you know, there's a lot happening there. It's really fast, a lot of action flying. So I could see that being the case for him. Uh, Joshua Garcia, thank you for the super chat, says, what do you think the most possible response would be, if any, that Jerry and the front office make regarding kickers secondary, taking into consideration the new cap space with restructured contracts? I like this question. Let's get your answers if you're still with us uh, here live on our, our live postgame show. Obviously, if you're rewatching this or if you're listening to the podcast, you can shout it out wherever you are. Um, but yes or no, do and I'm, I'm not asking what you want. I'm asking you to predict this. It's just, this is a very different thing. Yes or no, do the Cowboys make a change at kicker this week? They have a week and a half, so they have a little bit longer, right? This is the time that we sometimes see these things happen during the middle of the season, right? You know, that's sometimes how these things go. Yes or no, do you believe the Cowboys are going to make a change at kicker? Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, where was it? I lost it. Christopher Lopez says nothing's going to change. Nothing. Um, let's see here. Um, I saw a lot of you saying no. Um, Benny Wright says Brett Maher returns. Randy and Adam say yes. Loving fighter one, two, three says bring in competition at kicker. Lisa with the kind of, you know, down the road says, I hope so. And I hope so too, Lisa. But if I had to bet, if, if I had to put money on it, I would say no. I really would. Um, Charles Ellis says nothing ever changes. Um, and the important point here, and again, Joshua, thank you for the super chat. Chris's comment with, is the most important answer here. No, because the special teams coach brought him here. I don't think they would do anything if this was just an ordinary kicker, because I think Mike McCarthy, think about the level of devotion Mike McCarthy has to Ben DiNucci, right? You know, like, oh man, I don't believe in getting rid of a guy in his second season, whatever. That's, you know, you can get rid of Ben DiNucci, Mike. You know, it's cool. Trust me. Um, and so factoring that in, I think the Cowboys are, you know, loyal to him. They want him. They prefer him. They chose him. John Fossil chose him. So I don't think that they have any plan or intention of moving on from him. I think they'll come out. They'll say, yeah, you know, he and I, I there's a comment here I want to find. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Somebody asked if he's still hurt. 
Um, where is it? Where is it? I've uh, I've lost it. But there was a question that said, uh, "Oh, here it is from Robert." Is uh, oh no, Robert says, "Let Kai be Kai." Uh, Kevin says, "Is Greg Z still hurt?" There was speculation that he still had a little something going on. Well, obviously the back issue. And if that was the case, why were you letting him kick? Why were you letting him kick at all? Let alone kick a sixty-yard field goal at the end of the half that could have given the but or that did give the Buccaneers great field position that they could have capitalized on. Um, so I mean, I I. Ultimately, don't think they do to answer the question. And again, thank you, Joshua, because I think that they like Stephen Jones's most famous saying is we like our guys, you know, and they'll say, you know, there's not really anybody out there right now. Uh, you know, everybody's got their roster set, you know, and Stephen Jones will say, you know, roster construction, in the NFL. It's a 24 7, 365 business. We're always, we always got our eye on things. We're always looking at things, but, you know, Greg Zerline's going to be back. You know, he's, he's made some big kicks in the NFL. He's, he's got a lot of great football ahead of him. That's the excuse we'll hear, um, which will be frustrating, um, obviously, for a lot of us um, because it's, it's silly. Uh, but that's just the way that the Cowboys like to roll. Uh, Greg Butler says, get Adam Vinatieri. I'm okay. I'll pass. But, uh, but I mean, Kai Forbath, where you at, buddy? Come on down. Uh, there was a question here I did want to get to uh, about Micah Parsons. Um, now, Patrick has a comment here, um, and I haven't verified the accuracy of this, but I'm just going to assume that this is correct. Uh, Patrick says, this is how horrible your Cowboys are. Appreciate you, Patrick. They're definitely, they belong to me and all the fans here because that they're our team and we definitely ride for them. So thank you for joining um, our chat about our team. Appreciate you having the time this evening. The Buccaneers are the first team in NFL history to lose the turnover margin by at least three, incur 100 penalty yards, allow 450 yards and still win the game. All of those numbers are true. Um, and that sounds about right. And yeah, that's why we're mad for all the people here that are like, oh, you're panicking, you're freaking out, whatever. This was in the bag. This was there. This was there for the taking. And the Cowboys had every reason to win this game. That data point proves that. Um, but because that they have committed to Greg Zerline and Anthony Brown and, you know, certain other decisions, I mean, they lost. And, you know, if they miss out on the playoffs or something by a game, this will be one of the games we can point to and say, hey, you had an opportunity there and you squandered it. Um, you know, it is what it is. Now, Mastermind brought up the Cowboys uh, win this game uh, without the ref stuff. I agree. It was offensive pass interference, but this game could have been won without that being a factor. This game could have been won without that being a factor. Um, it's tough. Jared says $100 million to D-Law. Again, I get that you want to see Demarcus Lawrence get sacks, but Demarcus Lawrence is the best player on this defense. If you think that this defense is bad now, watch it without Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, seriously, watch it without Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, let's see here. Pio says, uh, Zerline is to blame for the loss. Cheers from McCown. What's up to the Rio Grande Valley? Appreciate you. Um, now, Michael says, Greg left seven points on the board and we didn't win field position constantly. I'll only say he left four points on the board. I The, the field goal at the end of the first half, I'm not willing to, to you know, like blame him. I blame the coaching staff for that one, but that, that's a hard kick to make. So it's hard, but he should have made the first one. First was a 31-yard attempt. Then he made, Again, I know they moved the extra point back, but if you're missing an extra point in 2021, I mean, hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, now, uh, Yator says Greg Z had a bad back and he could improve the season. That's totally true, but that's also why it's dumb to have Greg Zerland be out there right now. Uh, Anthony Brown's not going to improve. I agree with this. Uh, totally agree. Uh, Loving Fighter123 says, impressed with Diggs, though Lawrence played very well tonight. Uh, Worfs is a beast, and they battled all night. Agreed. I, I, 
I mean, I don't know that I think DeMarcus Lawrence had an amazing game. He had a really good game. He was the best defensive player for the Cowboys. I agree with all that. And I do think that Trayvon had a nice game. I mean, had a nice pass deflection there at the end, that ball that didn't get to Mike Evans. Um, Trayvon is, is obviously the best player in the secondary, and, and he played like that. Um, let's see here. Alex, thank you for the super chat. Uh, I think Dan Quinn had the defense playing fast. Yeah, I mean, they didn't get home, obviously, and that's frustrating. Like, this defense isn't perfect. This defense has a lot of room to go. I think before we're all at a place where we're really excited about it. Um, but this defense – this okay, now now let's play this game. Um, was this – was this defensive performance tonight, if I could get some words out? Yes or no, for all of you that are with us. Was this defensive performance tonight better than any defensive performance last year under Mike Nolan? Do you, or rather, did, did you feel that it was? Do you feel that this was a better defensive performance tonight against the Buccaneers, which wasn't a great one, um, than any defensive performance last season? Because I kind of think the answer is yes. And I realize that that's a low bar. All of you saying yes. Um, and so. It, you know, it's been a little bit here. We've had some time to process. We've had some time to go through our emotions and, you know, feel our feelings. Uh, Ryan says, hell yeah, it was better than last year. And G Gagoots notes, yes, and it was against a good, a really good uh, um, uh, offense. So totally agree. Um, that's encouraging. Again, the Cowboys lost. We're pissed. But th there are encouraging things to take away from this game uh, that are important. Now, let's see here. Real uh, M Wizard says, wow, a fanboy page. Well, back to watching the football team. Hell yeah, we're a fanboy page. We love this team. That's why we're here. So go enjoy your team that hates everybody. So I uh, appreciate it. Have a good night. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Nico says, uh, I felt as if this defensive performance had way more energy compared to all the games last year. They looked way more a curve, uh, a curve plus we played the Super Bowl chance. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. This it was a really positive step with some noticeable flaws. Yatoris says Anthony Brown is a liability. Very much agree. Uh, MG says LVE was awful. I disagree with that. I think LVE was fine. I, I think LVU was fine today. I, I don't think any linebacker was awful. I think Jalen was fine. The The problem defensively was the pass rush not getting home. But part of that is Tom Brady being Tom Brady and having such a quick release. And the other problem was the secondary getting roasted by Antonio Brown. Who's Antonio Brown? I mean, you know, there are reasons for it as well. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, now let's see here. Uh, Worth text has all the stats say we won. What happened? Greg Zerline happened. Anthony Brown happened. Those are the things that happened. Uh, G Gagoots, uh, I love this username here, says, you think we'll try and run more moving forward, or is this how we'll play week to week? Dak Prescott threw the ball 58 times tonight. I don't think that that is sustainable, um, personally. And, you know, people love to talk about, you know, or have loved to talk about all off season long. Dak was on pace for, 6,700 yards last year and 71 touchdowns, whatever. I don't think that was going to happen. And that style of football is not volatile, but it isn't sustainable. Now, I don't know that there will be like a devotion towards running the football later on down the road in the season, but that was clearly something that, that was the, that was the clearest path to victory tonight, especially with an elite quarterback. And so, you know, if the, you know, next week the Cowboys got to play Joey Bosa, right? So like that, I think the Cowboys, that's, that's another positive take from this game that the Cowboys were able to establish an offensive game plan that worked. It wasn't just like they leaned on their star power. It's that they had an offensive game plan and they delivered on it and they should have won with it. And so, you know, I think they'll incorporate the run more as it makes sense. But I think that they totally, truly, finally realized that their bread and butter is the pass game, is Dak Prescott, is everything involved. I mean, it's 
it's nice to see. That is a nice awakening. Shout out to Kellen Moore, uh, who, again, is one of the winners from tonight uh, as a result of that. Um, let's see here. Let's see. Um, Worth Tech says we should have 10-plus wins this season. I agree. I, I totally agree. Uh, this is a team that's I, – I mean, I think the Cowboys are still going 11-6. and six. I, That's That's been the record I've been predicting for a while. Uh, Alex Rubio says we were counted out and supposed to lose by eight. Four turnovers should result in a win. Again, I think the turnovers are a, bit, a little bit empty, but um, and with a decent running game, we will, be able to, we'll, we will be able to win against any team. You know, I don't know about any team, but I think the Cowboys are – see, like MG says, 11 carries, that's a total disgrace. Why? Why is that a disgrace? That's efficient. That's the Cowboys understanding efficiency. The quickest path to the end zone is through the air. And the Cowboys finally realized that we've been screaming for them to understand this for like five years and they finally understand it. So good for them. Uh, Johnny, thank you for the super chat, my friend. Why not target Conley, Sherman or Dunbar since they're available? Talking about free agent cornerbacks here. How long is the window to win a Super Bowl? Let Kelvin develop and try to win now. Um, the Richard Sherman thing, again, there's off the field stuff there. That one's hard to really figure out. So, you know, that one's a little bit difficult. If we're talking about Richard Sherman, the football player, I mean, I don't think there's any free agent cornerback of that quality of the Richard Sherman kind of class. The, the the people in that in this box that you named, Johnny, um, I don't think there's anyone who can't help the Cowboys. I don't I don't think there's an and I don't think there's a, a legitimate free agent corner who isn't better than Anthony Brown. And that's where the Cowboys are really weak right now. As as far as how long the window is to win the Super Bowl. Um, I heard, you know, we, we had John Mishota on our Friday podcast last week. John covers the Cowboys for the athletic. Um, and he, he put it in a, uh, things in an interesting way. He talked about, you know, people talk about windows. Um, but as long as they have Dak Prescott, the windows open, right? Like who, whoever the offensive line is like, you know, we'll see, like, we'll see what this, what happens to this offensive line next year, you know, whatever. Uh, we'll see if Michael Gallup leaves in free agency or if the Cowboys move on or whatever, blah, blah. But as long as they have Dak they can win. And I think that tonight really proved that. I mean, Dak was flawless. Dak was amazing tonight. And, you know, Dak threw one interception because CeeDee Lamb couldn't hold on. I mean, the Cowboys, this is this sounds ridiculous to say, but the Cowboys' weakest offensive piece tonight was CeeDee Lamb. And that sucks. I mean, because we all have believed in him. And I think we all still believe in him. Uh, but tonight, CeeDee Lamb let the Cowboys down. Charles says Dak is a top five quarterback. He's a beast. Totally agree. The only quarterbacks I would take personally ahead of Dak right now um, are Holmes, Rodgers, which sucks to admit, and we'll see how this season goes, and Josh Allen. A lot of people disagree with the Josh Allen take. I get it if you do, fine. But, um, you know, he's he's a top five. I mean, Kevin Stone notes uh, Sherman knows the system and is a big upgrade over Brown. Sherman isn't as bad as Hardy. Um, talking about the off the field situation again, that's a whole different discussion. Um, but yeah, he obviously knows Dan Quinn knows the system, whatever. Um, so it is what it is. Um, let's see here. Uh, there was a question from Chris says, Hey, RJ, are you missing Cheetah Bay right now? Hell yeah. I'm missing Cheetah Bay. Who's there right now? Dude, I'm, I'm going to, I might be missing Nolan Carroll right now. You know, like that's the point that I'm at, you know, with, with the gout with Anthony Brown. I mean, I might be missing, you know, Geez, I mean, I Nolan Carroll's going pretty far, but I mean, hey, what's Terrence Newman doing? You know what I mean? Like, if we can get Terrence to come out, I mean, he could probably still do it. I mean, seriously, look, it's it's not fun to talk negatively about any of these players, but Anthony Brown was that bad. Now, what's Amada says nobody is missing Cheeto, no way. Look, I'm not saying that Cheeto was awesome. Cheeto had moments, but I mean, 
Cheeto is better than Anthony Brown, and that's why I'm missing Cheeto. Um, let's see here. Um, G Gagoot says, I never wanted to get rid of Cheeto. Dumb move. Let's hope Kelvin comes through. I understand why they did. I don't know that it was um, a dumb move. Now, Carl Smith with the real question here. Missing Byron Jones. Dude, man, seriously. <sighs> you know, just whatever. I mean, you know, we, we've had that conversation a thousand times. Um so uh, Oscar, uh, I think you've gotten here late, but we'll have this discussion again. Do I think that the last catch for the Bucks was an offensive pass interference? Hell yeah. I think it was offensive pass interference. I think that was offensive pass interference on Sundays. I think it was offensive pass interference on Thursdays. I think it was offensive pass interference on Saturdays at Kyle Field, uh, the home of the best college football team in the world. I think it was offensive pass interference on Fridays in high school football. I mean, that was as blatant of offensive pass interference as it can possibly be. And, you know, it sucks that we're blaming the game on that because there were a lot of other places where the Cowboys failed tonight. Um, and so, you know, that ultimately um, is, is going to be something that people talk about. It's going to be a talking point all weekend long. Um, but, you know, it shouldn't have come down to that. But it absolutely was offensive pass interference. Um, as Loving Fighter 123 notes, the arm was fully extended. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's you know, there's nothing to – there's nothing to – defend about that not being offensive pass interference um now nico says uh, i like this question do we think Connor mcgovern will get traded anytime soon or will we keep him due to our o-line constantly having injuries so i think that Connor mcgovern could merit you know something in a trade right like i think that's true that he certainly could he certainly played really well and maybe you're if you're the cowboys and zach martin's back and you're fine with that you're you're fine not having that depth and you're fine moving it for you know moving him for a corner right like we're, we're sitting here talking about how anthony brown's bad right um but no i don't want to move Connor mcgovern i mean it's so hard to find offensive linemen that you feel good about, you know, from a depth perspective. And we didn't believe in Connor McGovern. And maybe, maybe, you know, maybe after we wake up tomorrow, it's a matter of us waking up and having some clarity and saying, you know what, Connor McGovern played well, but I'm willing to trade him because, you know, there have been other moments that have been questions, et cetera. Right now, I'm fine keeping Connor McGovern. Although, you know, if you could, if you can cash him in for a corner, I can, I can tolerate that conversation at the very least. But um, a lot of you, um, you know, a lot of you talking about keeping him. Um, let's see, Steele says, great, no call, appreciate it. But um, let's see, uh, Greg Butler says, nah, keep him. Worth Tech says, no, we need him. Uh, Loving Fighter says, keep Connor McGovern. He's too big of a backup with upside to start. And um, let's see, where was the other one? Uh, Sherry says, keep McGovern. Great depth. He held his own. Yeah, I mean, like I'm saying, you know, if if the price is right, you know, we can make any deal always. But uh, for the most part, eight out of ten times, I'm probably against this. Um, you know, that's just the way Connor McGovern played tonight, which was, uh, you know, legitimate. But um, Robert notes, if you trade McGovern, you have to draft a starter next offseason and no depth this year. Robert's thinking long term because the other Connor, Connor Williams, is in a contract year. Connor McGovern tonight might have given the Cowboys an ability to trade Connor Williams. Now, Jared Collins says keep McGovern, trade Williams, obviously, on that um you know on that note but i mean we have to consider what team is trading for connor williams in in a contract here um that's that's a you know that's a, a real data point i'm making sure that nothing's um happening here oh here we go greg zerline has spoken people uh greg zerline on his 31 this is on the miss so let's play this here and then we'll tell you what greg zerline had to say this is his first missed field goal of the night Inside the 20 couldn't jam it in zerline 31 he's gonna miss i play a lot of golf and man 
felt like me. Anyway, uh, Greg Zerline on this miss said, I'll have to go back and watch the film. I'm not making this up. His exact quote, his first sentence is, I'll have to go back and watch the film. Greg, it's not going to go well when you do that, bud. Um, I'll have to go back and watch the film. I know what I think I did. You missed it. We don't. We, we know what you did. I'm, I can tell you how this movie's going to end. Um, to actually get down to the I, people. I'm not. I love you all. I'm not making this up. This is a tweet from Michael Gelkin. It does a great job covering the team for the Dallas Morning News. Uh, to actually get down to the nuts and bolts. I won't know until I watch the film. He called it such an easy kick. Greg. Man, what film do you need to watch? Um, <laughs> I mean, what film do you need to watch? I agree with Robert here. It's a This is a cop-out answer. This is a, I don't have anything good to say, so I'm just going to say this. Uh, Scott, I agree with Scott. Man upgrade. You know what, Greg? I mean, this is what... Look, all right, people, I'm going to be Greg Zerline here. This is the answer that I think all of us would have been satisfied with. All right, here we go. This is my, this is what Greg Zerline should have said. And this isn't easy, to be clear. It's a lot easier for me to do this with all of you here than it is Greg Zerline because he's the person experiencing it. And, you know, I want to validate those emotions. But this is what Greg Zerline should have said that would have made all of us at least not be more upset. You know what? It's really unacceptable to miss a kick like that. And I know the team is counting on me. And I know, obviously, looking back at it, you know, we lost this game by two points. And if I make that kick, and it's a kick I should make. It's a 31-yard field goal. I've made a lot of kicks in my career, and I pride myself on my ability to help the team. And so, you know, if we play hindsight, I make that kick, we win tonight. And that's something that I'm going to have to sit with, and I'm going to have to think about. And yeah, I want to go back and watch it. I think I did some things with my footwork and and whatnot. And, you know, the nitty-gritty details, you know, Coach Fossil and I will talk about. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it's unacceptable. And I, I know that I, I let this team down tonight and, and I don't plan on that happening again. How hard was that? Seriously? How, how hard was that from, from Greg Zerline? You know, like that's what we would have liked to have heard. I'm, I'm, you know, am I wrong there? If he had said that, you know, we would be pissed. We would still be mad, but we would say, you know what, dude, you owned up, right? You, you, you took accountability, you faced the music. You acknowledged our feelings, and so we'll talk about it tomorrow. That's what we would have said if he had come out and said this. But to come, I'm going to read this again. I'll have to go back and watch the film. I know what I think I did. We know what you think you did. You think you had a great kick, and it didn't, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, to actually get down to the nuts and bolts, I won't know until I watch the film. Um, another tweet, this again, uh, from Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. If I did my job, we win that game. Okay, respect. All right, we're coming around here, Greg. Greg heard us, people. Uh, I feel bad for the guys in there that played their ass off, and I didn't hold up my end of the deal. We're right there as a team. I just have to do my job. All right, Greg, respect, man, respect. That's a, you know, he heard. He seriously, he, he heard. That's what happened. You know, he heard us, people. If, if anyone ever tells us right here that we don't make a difference, show them this. All right? We manifested this. I know, man, we saw like a thousand commercials for manifesting this game. I guess it's on Netflix now, whatever. But we manifested this. So, you know, I respect. I really do respect. That's a hard thing to do, to come out and take accountability like that. Um, it was really bad. 
but at least Greg Zerline is willing to admit that. So um, good for Greg Zerline in that sense. And good for the Cowboys for having enough effort tonight. It's a shame that this game didn't end in a win for them. I know you're upset. I know I'm upset. Um, but I think we all think this team is going to be a, a contender is a weird way to put it, but this team's going to make some noise. I think uh, Brian Bradford says Dak is so mentally tough. That dude is amazing. I just really feel, I feel so calm as a Cowboys fan when Dak's operating things. I don't know if, if you share that emotion, but I feel so calm because I, I just have this innate trust that he's always going to do the right thing. Um, so let's see here. Aaron says, do we think he will capitalize or let this get to him next game? I think you're talking about uh, Greg Zerline. Um, I, I think he'll be fine. I mean, I, I do, you know, I hope, uh, uh, like sub baked in hope here. I hope that the Cowboys realize, you know what? We can't settle for field goals. We can't roll these dice. We got to be more aggressive offensively. So I hope that, you know, that is a, a result, a sort of pseudo result from this particular experience. Uh, Worth text coming around says Greg will be okay. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, so, all right, let's wrap up. We've been here for an hour and a half now. Uh, and just this has been so much fun. Seriously, it's, this is the, the best thing that we do every week is that we get to come together and talk about this. Um, let's end with this question. Do you feel better, worse, or the same about the Cowboys odds this season? And I don't know how you know good you think or thought the Cowboys were going to be if you thought they could contend for the Super Bowl. You thought they were just going to win the NFC East. You thought they were going to make the playoffs, whatever. Do you feel better, worse, or the same about the Cowboys after this game. And I think if the answer is not better, I think you're not being fair because you have to feel better about this team. Ryan says better. Christopher Lopez says better. David says better. Worth Tech says way better. Payne FX says way better. Manuel says better. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I just lost this one here. Uh, man, where is it? Uh, Devante says same. Uh, Greg Butler says better. We'll be 13 and four, putting some, you know, some you know, some numbers on this. Chris says the same because a loss is a loss. MG says same. Lou says better. Scott says better. Uh, Worth Tech says this is my team. Respect. Brian says better. Wotsamata, far better. Brian says better. Play Kennedy. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's keep going through these here. Uh, I just lost it again. Uh, Amber says better. Steel says better. Lots of betters. Lots of betters. Really, really nice to see that. Um, David says, I don't know about the Super Bowl. We'll see. I think we... There's there's no way you can't feel better. I mean, they they almost beat the world champs, and it didn't feel like they, you know, reached down into the barrel. You know, like I, I didn't feel, and I, I assume you'll agree, I didn't feel like they they just, like, left it all out there. You know, I feel like they, they had some stakes. They shot themselves in the foot a little bit. Greg Zerline did his thing. Anthony Brown, whatever. And they still should have won this game against an incredibly good football team. And so you should feel really good about this team. Eric says faith in this 2021 team. Chris uh, says, I'm just frustrated because we always lead in stats, but not the only stat that matters. Yeah. I mean, so it's hard to say, like, I feel 100 out of 100. Nobody feels that way. But there's there's promise to this. Um, and I, you know, I think if we're all in the moment, but I think if 10 hours ago, you know, when, when the line was climbing, I think if somebody had told you Dak's going to throw for 400 yards, the Cowboys are going to get four turnovers, even though RJ hated on them a little bit, 
you would have taken that, you know, and, and that you would, you know, you would have said, I don't care if they win or lose. Cause that means something really good happened. And that means that I have a lot to look forward to this season. And I think we all would have signed up for that. And so, you know, that's good. David Chung says, uh, will we beat the chargers though? Hell yeah. They're going to beat the chargers. I mean, chargers are going to beat the crap out of Washington this week. Let's be clear about that. The Cowboys are going to beat the chargers next week. So, uh, they'll get back to their winning ways and they're going to beat the Eagles on Monday night football and everything's going to work out. So I think you definitely have to feel better about this team. Um, Marcus says they could have won this game. They could have, but you know, they didn't. And that sucks. But, uh, as Sherry says, that gives me hope. That's, that's really one of the most seriously, most important takeaways is they have that, they have that piece. And as long as they have that piece, Anything is really, really possible. Adam says, how do we feel about the Dallas Cowboys this season briefly? Um, I think they have, I I mean, they're going to win the division, certainly. And, you know, once you get to that point, things get fluky. Like, who will they play in the playoffs, right? If Do they have to play the Rams in the playoffs or the Seahawks in the playoffs or the Packers or the Bucks, right? Like, you know, what kind of game are they playing? You know, who's hurt? Who's not hurt? Who makes it? I, I think that, I think we just learned that they're capable and i think we thought this but we we have some conviction we have some some data and some evidence to support this cause we just learned that they are capable of contending with even the very best teams in the nfl they didn't totally take it all the way and so there's clearly work to do and places to go here but they're capable of that they have a seat at the table they're on the dance floor they're in this mix and so I think that, you know, I don't want to sound silly or hyperbolic and say, oh, they, you know, they have limitless potential. They go in the Super Bowl. They could. I mean, anybody could right now. It's, it's week one. But I think it is fair to say that they are a very talented team um, and that they should win more often than not this season. And so I'm bummed. I'm super sad. I'm upset. But I am excited for this year. I'm excited to experience it with all of you. Uh, we love what we do at blog of the boys. We enjoy these so much. We will be live after every single Dallas Cowboys game. We have videos here constantly on the blog of the boys, YouTube channel. We actually started this week, new daily updates. So every morning we drop an update. We give you all the latest news, everything you need to know in the world of the Cowboys in under 10 minutes. So please do subscribe. If you want to support us, we appreciate all the super chats, subscribe here to the blog of the boys, YouTube channel, go like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, uh, subscribe to our podcast network those things go a long way if you can leave a rating on the podcast network write a review those are the best ways to support us and we appreciate all of you who have already done those things uh but it's gonna be a fun ride it's gonna be a lot of fun uh schedule for us here at blog on the boys tomorrow friday we'll give you that daily update that we promised you and uh we'll give you the highlights of this game and uh soon enough we'll uh be back here in the saddle doing it all again we'll have another live stream on tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m central time to kind of talk about the state of things we'll go over all the games in the nfc east and whatnot and we'll have some fun doing it uh so uh yeah that's uh that's about it so uh, my name, in case you didn't catch it, R. Joe Cho from bloggingthevoice.com. Really appreciate, again, all of you who took the time to join us hanging out uh, after the game. Things are going to be all right. Things are going to be okay. And, uh, yeah, we love you all. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.